They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinions. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast, episode 16. Today I'm joined by Thomas and Parker, and today we'll be talking about the NFL Week 7 Review and Week 8 Preview. Hello guys, welcome back to Mediocre Sports Opinions. I'm Thomas. And I am Parker. So the first game we want to briefly mention quick is was the Thursday night game between the Eagles and the Giants. Um, typical NFC East fashion, the game was really bad. Most memorable part of the game was Daniel Jones tripping on his way into the end zone. Fun fact, though, he was going around 21 miles per hour, which is faster than Lamar Jackson's ever run this whole year. Yeah, so that that was about the, the highlight of that game. Boston Scott did get the game-winning touchdown. I sat him on my fantasy bench. Could have cost me a win this week, but not much to say about that one. I just want to say when it comes to flipping a coin, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> then the next game we want to talk about, it was a little closer than people would think, is between the Panthers and Saints. Saints won by three. The Panthers were kind of driving late in their last drive, but then they just couldn't really execute it enough. And that was a really good game by them. Yeah, a back. this was a back-and-forth one for the uh, Panthers and Saints. The uh, Panthers have impressed me a ton this year. I think they're like... Three and three, or even four and three. So they've just impressed me. I didn't think they'd play the way they have. Teddy Bridgewater's looked really good at quarterback, and they're going to get Christian McCaffrey back. So it should be an interesting team. Yeah, this was a really fun game to watch. Both teams played uh, well, I would say. Um, Saints didn't have or had people out with injuries again, so they managed to come back and win without. Samuel and Thomas so I don't know Saints played well Panthers I'm really surprised how well they're doing I didn't think they're gonna do great this year but they're actually doing a lot better than I believe most people expected yeah I believe all three of us had them in last place in the NFC South so they're they're definitely not gonna finish last in that division so it's it's impressive but the Saints just haven't looked like the team from last year they're playing a lot of close games and they haven't like destroyed anybody like I thought we would see this year a lot of it is injuries especially to Michael Thomas he was huge for them last year but they need to start picking it up yeah one reason why the Panthers did lose this game was their inability to run the ball um they only had around like under 50 total rushing yards in that game Mike Davis did not play well but Bridgewater is still throwing in the ball around pretty well he's getting to all of his wide receivers in Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's looking like a great pickup for them. He's been an elite wide receiver this year. Another big game that happened this week was between two undefeated teams between the Steelers and Titans. Steelers looked very dominant in the first half, and then they let the Titans, they allowed the Titans to come back in that in the second half. If it weren't for Gaskowski missed field goal, the game would have gone to overtime, and who would have known what would have happened there. But yeah, the Steelers' defense looked really impressive. But also, like a couple weeks earlier, they almost gave up a big lead, as they did to Philly. 
So that's one thing to consider when thinking about how good the Steelers team is. Late in games, their defense is kind of giving up some points. Yeah, the Steelers finally got kind of their marquee win of the year so far. Their schedule was a little easy out of the gates, but they got this big win against the Titans. They're, all their wide receivers played well. They got Ben Roethlisberger got the ball to a lot of different guys, and like Aiden said, their defense carried them in the first half, but they gave up some big touchdowns in the second half to Henry and Brown, and the Titans, like they have all year, came back from behind and made it a game. Yeah, Derrick Henry struggled pretty bad in the first half, but he did improve a lot in the second half, which helped open up the whole field for the Titans offense. I can see why the the power rankings have Steelers at one, because the way they played in the first half definitely shows why they should be the number one ranked team. But when they came back the second half, they came out flat. And if you want to continue to be the number one ranked team and continue to do this playoff push, you have to come out and play at every snap. And they didn't do that in the second half and got lucky there at the end. Then another game we want to talk about is the Buccaneers and Raiders. Buccaneers won it pretty handily, 45-20. Tom Brady looked very impressive that game, throwing for 369 yards, four touchdowns, and also had a rushing touchdown as well. Yeah, this game was a lot closer than the final. I think the Buccaneers scored three times in probably like the last 10 minutes or so. But, uh, yeah, they just look good again. Brady, he looks like he's back to the form he was a couple years ago. He's moving the ball around to a lot of different guys. Godwin got involved today. Scotty Miller got really involved in that game. Tyler Johnson scored another touchdown. Their offense looks really good, and their defense has impressed me a ton this year. No one can run against them. Josh Jacobs, probably one of the better backs in the league. I would say he had like 17 yards. 17 rush yards, and then they had Jones 15 last week. So you just can't run against them, and their defense is super underrated. Yeah, I'm starting to like this Tampa Bay team more and more as they continue to play, continue to get better, continue to mesh more. I know I've came up before and said that they have to find out where they're going from, and I think they have started to figure that out. They finally got people back from injuries. People are healthy. Tom Brady is figuring out what he wants to do, what his receivers like to do, and they're finally clicking on the same page. This Raiders team, I don't know, they just didn't look the greatest this week. They could have done a lot of things better, but, you know, they're still definitely... They're still a playoff team. They still have, they had one of the toughest schedules in NFL right now, and they're still doing pretty good. They're doing better than a lot of people would think, actually, with their schedule. I agreed 100% on that statement there, Aiden. Then another game we're going to talk about is the Sunday night showdown between the Seahawks and Cardinals. That was a thrilling last... Insanely good game. That was a really good game. Cardinals came out. We all predicted the Cardinals to win. Yes, sir. And we're all one hundred percent. Yep, we're all right. Yeah, so they won an OT by three. Wilson looked really good in the first half, like an MVP type MVP type candidate. He fell flat in the second half. It didn't help that his running game was kind of hindered because Chris Carson was out the whole second half. But Tyler Lockett went off that whole game. He had two hundred receiving yards, fifteen receptions, and three total touchdowns. In our fantasy league, he got us. 55 points, and he was riding my bench. On Aiden's bench. Yep. Still won, though. Aiden still won. still lost to Aiden. Yeah, (laughs) I still won, luckily. But then for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray just showed that's his premier performance winning that Sunday night game against the Seahawks. Throwing for 360 yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception, and also rushing for 67 yards and one rushing touchdown. Another thing to note is that Kenyon Drake didn't get injured in this game. 
he wasn't doing that well in the game though, but he's definitely a big part of that offense. And I think he's going to be out for a couple weeks. I think they said. Yeah. Like Aiden said, Russell Wilson played super good in the first half. I think he made one mistake, kind of floated a pass to Carson in the end zone. Uh, and then Buda Baker should have returned it for a touchdown, but DK showing off that four, two, four, three speed caught him. So that was big actually for them in the first half could have been seven and said they got three, but just a, a turn of the tides in the second half. Cardinals kind of took over. They didn't lead until they won the game. Yeah. Them kidding the game-winning field goal was the first lead of the game. So incredibly impressed by the Cardinals, and they're definitely a contender. Yeah, see, this isn't that big of a deal for the Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson kind of had an off day throwing three interceptions. He'll be back next week better than ever. I yeah, I, I would agree. He'll definitely be back. I don't think he'll let this performance get him down. As you guys said earlier, he had an amazing first half and came out flat in the second. You can't do that in the NFL. Russell Wilson knows this. He'll get over his, get over it and come out and play. Um, this that conference that they're in over there, NFC West. Uh, NFC West is matching up to be a great, great conference to have. Definitely not like the ones with the Cowboys and the <laughs> NFC East. The NFC East. So at least there's one good division in the NFC. So let's just keep watching over there, and I think it's going to be a, a fun turn of events for that division. Their conference has more losses than wins. Like the NFC West is. Yeah, no, I know what you're win, saying. Wins are more than the NFC East's losses. Yeah, the West has four teams that could realistically make the playoffs. I don't Every think. Every team in that division could. could make the can playoffs. they? Yes, they're all yeah, over they're... four wins. Every team in that division is over four wins. No, but like, can they actually all four make the playoffs? I believe yeah, with they seven, they can. seven they can. This year they can. If if we saw that, that'd be incredible. But uh, yeah, one throw I'd want to talk about was Russell Wilson's throw that Isaiah Simmons picked off. It just kind of looked like a weird play, like some miscommunication. Some kind of miscommunication. Nobody. Yeah, he just looking like at the ball. I think he just it. wanted to pick up some yards to make it an easier field goal, and he instead threw an interception, which got the Cardinals the ball back, and then they ended up hitting the game winner. So. Just kind of a weird play, and I wasn't quite sure what happened there. And also to note, the Cardinals kicker did miss a field goal that would have gave him the win at the end of regulation, too. No, yeah, in overtime, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and when I saw him miss that, I was like, yep, that's game. Russell Wilson's going to take him down, but Cardinals defense stepped up big. Since we were just talking about the NFC West, we'll talk about them more. The Rams got a big win Monday night against the Bears, 10-24. to the Bears just looked flat-footed. Nick Foles did not have a good day throwing two interceptions. They couldn't run the ball at all, and this is just why they're one of the most boringest teams to watch in the NFL. There's nothing really special on their offense at all. On the Rams side, I'm just not sure what to think of them at this point. They're so up and down. One week, they'll come out great, like this week. They'll just play a full, complete game, and then other weeks, they come out flat. They can't move the ball. Their defense struggles, so I just need to see more consistency from the Rams. Yeah, this game uh, was definitely a nail-biter for me personally because my defense on fantasy, the Bears, was keeping me in as the lead, and they blew it for me. So. Well, I had the Rams' defense and Jimmy Graham. It was an insane back-and-forth fantasy yeah, matchup. It was like a lot of lead changes in that. But. Yeah, so I'm not too happy with the Bears. But anyways, the Rams team, as Thomas said earlier, they're very <clears throat> inconsistent right now. One week they're great, one week they're not. One week they're mediocre, one week they're okay. You got to figure out what they want, and I'm sure they will. Sean McVay will figure something out to keep them more consistent, and that defense is just more surprising more and more I watch it. 
And then for, I just want to say about the Bears, like we, I think we all kind of knew they they're not like a five and one team. Yeah. Like they are five and one, but like they've had an easy schedule thus far. So I think we kind of saw more of the real Bears last night, where they're gonna struggle offensively for sure if they can't run the ball. And then their defense, it wasn't terrible, but it just the Rams could do like pretty much whatever they wanted on offense. Yeah. So now we're gonna just move on to our weekly awards. So we'll start off with the McAfee Award. So for this week, we have co-winners. We're going to have Tom Brady and Kyler Murray both win it. They both threw for over 360 passing yards. Kyler Murray had three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. And Tom Brady had four passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Overall, there was big big games for both those teams, and they came out and prevailed. Yeah, if you look at their stats stat lines, it's just like too close to give it to one guy over the other. So that's why we decided to go with co-MVPs, and they both played great and had huge wins. Yeah, and then an honorable mention. Well, two honorable mentions that we have is two wide receivers. We talked about Tyler Lockett beforehand, but he had 15 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. Also, Devontae Adams had 13 receptions, 160, no, 196 yards and two touchdowns as well, cooking up that Texans defensive backfield. Then we also like to shout out Justin Herbert going 27 for 43, 347 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, just talking about those wide receivers, you look at those numbers and they're like Madden type numbers, but they actually put them up like 15 receptions and 13 receptions. That's like crazy. You don't see that much anymore. So two big games from them. And then I did want to point out Tyler Bass. He's single-handedly scored all the points for the Bills. The Bills looked horrible in that game. Their offense could not convert in the red zone. He literally kicked. He kicked all 18 of their points. Yeah, 18 of the points, and he missed one field goal, too, so it could have been 21. So that game was just horrible for the Bills. Team MVP, Tyler Bass, though. Yeah, their whole team looked bad that game. So now going on to the Peterman Award, our winner this week is Cam Newton. 9 for 15, 98 yards, 3 interception, and was benched at one point in the game. Also, we'd like to give it to the Cowboys' entire team. Dalton played horrible. Zeke played horrible. The defense was absolutely horrible to the football team. And their O-line was bad, too, giving up, I believe, around seven or so sacks that game. Yeah, so just Cam Newton first. Uh, they lost 33-6. to six. He looked terrible. He couldn't. He wasn't accurate at all through three interceptions and then got benched for Stidham. Stidham looked bad. And the Patriots, I think, are just in a bad spot right now. Their defense hasn't been what it was. Their offense, they can't score. Like, they can't score. They can't run the ball. They don't have very good receivers. They're just looking like a team that might win five or six games this year. So, Also, another honorable mention is going to be the Falcons blowing another late-game lead. Uh, the Lions wanted Todd Gurley to score on that play. They literally were the first people to put down the touchdown sign for that. Then Stafford led that team to a game-winning drive because the Falcons' defense is horrible. And... Owner Arthur Blank did not look happy on the sidelines at all. No, not at all. All right, so now after we're going to catch up on some like latest news that didn't happen between this and our last episode. So one thing that did happen was Antonio Brown was signed by the Buccaneers. Big pickup for them. It was interesting to see them sign him after Bruce Aarons came out over the summer and said they weren't going to sign him. But it sounds like Tom Brady was a big component in bringing him in there. Sounds like he really wanted him. I mean, I think Brown will be on a short leash. It's just way more weapons than you can expect for that Buccaneers team. 
I just want to say personally, uh, I don't really like this move. I think people are going to get frustrated on that Buccaneers team. There's a lot of different uh, attitudes, I would say. And I think some one of their star players is going to request a trade because they're not getting much more, not getting any touches. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, it could also kind of uh, interfere with that locker room. Brown's like a big personality, and they're kind of figuring things out at the right time. And it'd be sad to see someone like Brown come in and ruin that chemistry. Another free agency signing was the Ravens signing Des Bryant. It's first time in the NFL in like two to three years. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him. I wouldn't expect him to do a lot at the start. Like, I think he'll be ready to go and everything, completely incorporating that offense by playoff time. Yeah, so Des Bryant was only signed to the practice squad so far, but he could definitely get a call up at any time. But they're just going to keep him there, probably give him some reps in practice and just kind of get him accustomed to the NFL game again. Yeah, and then the Ravens also made another big move train for Yannick Ngakwe for the Vikings. They only traded a third and fifth round pick, I believe, after the Vikings traded a second and a fifth for him. The Vikings were just trading him because they're like, we do, we're going to be bad this year. We're not going to resign him, so might as well get some value for him. They're losing a lot of value because they're going from an early second round pick to a really late third round pick. So it'll be interesting to see how Yannick Ngaku kind of moves that needle even more for that defense. He's had five sacks so far this year and definitely helps that defense even more. Yeah, they got two bargain uh, linemen in Clayus Campbell and Unique Ngakwe for, for, like I said, cheap. I see what the Vikings were doing here. They they must have thought, you know, we're not going to sign him to a long-term extension anymore. So like Aiden said, just get some value for him. But it's sad to see that they lost uh, value and it didn't get quite back what they put in. But Yeah, now we're just going to, I think we're going to move on to our Week 8 preview. So the first game we are going to talk about is the Thursday night game between the Falcons and Panthers. I actually can't wait to watch this game. I kind of want to see the Panthers in action. I want to see how good that defense is doing. I especially want to see how good that offense is doing with Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. See how good if Teddy Bridgewater is a franchise QB or not. And also McCaffrey has a chance on playing too as well. So that'll be nice to see. So in this game, I do have the Panthers winning against the Falcons 31-24. to yeah, like Aiden just said, this is kind of the first chance for people to see Teddy Bridgewater in this Panthers team. This is their first primetime game. We haven't seen them quite yet, so it's going to be interesting to see what they look like uh, in a big game. Um, but I have the Falcons in this one, 28-24. They've just been in so many close games, and they've been in almost every game they've played. I think maybe the Packers game was they weren't quite in that one, but... I don't know, I just have a feeling that the Falcons are, they're sick of losing the way they've been losing, and they're just going to come out. Matt Ryan's going to have a big game, Julio Jones, so I like the Falcons, but the Panthers are a good pick as well. I'm going to take the Panthers in this one over the Falcons. I have Panthers winning 28-17. For the Falcons, it's probably going to come out, it's probably going to go down, they're going to have a lead, then they're going to lose it, just like how they have the last, I don't know how many games that it's been. It's just, I don't know, something they can't really change, and I think the Panthers are going to come out and prevail on this one. Another game we want to talk about, way really important for the show, of course, it's the Packers and Vikings. I, of course, have the Packers winning this one. It's in Lambeau. It's going to be different for the Vikings. They're out in Ngakwe. I do not know yet if Fatiari is playing or not. I know he was hurt last week. 
but it also helps that the two top pass rushers are out. So I have the Packers winning 35 to 17. Quick question. Do we know if Aaron Jones is playing? He's questionable. Or he's questionable. Questionable as of right now. Well, I could see the Packers deciding to give him another week of rest just based on it being the Vikings. But I do have the Vikings in this one, 31-28. Of course, I have to pick the Vikings. Um, the, the Packers don't have quite the home field advantage that they usually get in Lambeau. That place is crazy. Uh, and I just, I don't know, something tells me that the Vikings are going to come out hungry after their bye week. Dalvin Cook, he's going to have a big game, 150 rush yards. Justin Jefferson, 100 yards. Adam Thielen, 100 yards. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> We're not making predictions. We're just saying scores. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Vikings, 31-28 for me. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love being a Vikings fan and everything. It's just the way they've came out and played this year. And they're going against this Packers team, which is one of the best teams in the NFC, I would say. I have to take the Packers here if I want to try to get it right, I would have to say. I have the Packers winning 32-24. to 24. Some faith there, Parker. Come on. He's being realistic, unlike somebody else. <laughs> Another game we want to talk about is going to be the undefeated Steelers going against the Ravens, who are coming off a bye week. I have the Steelers winning this game. The Ravens have really struggled the past couple weeks, allowing some late. They're, they've been allowing teams to get back into it, really. And they just really haven't looked the same ever since that Monday night loss to the Chiefs. So I have the Steelers winning 27-24. Yeah, I went back and forth on this one, but I'm going to give it to 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, 30-28. to I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. Both these teams are hungry. They think they're the best uh, in the AFC North, they both want that division. They're both playing well. So it's going to be a real close game, but I got the Ravens by a little bit. I like the Steelers here. They have been playing better and better. Uh, they did come out this bad the second half but last week, but I think the Steelers are going to figure out this, and they're going to come out and win 30-27. to 27. And then next game... Then the next game we want to talk about Seahawks and 49ers. I think Seahawks are going to blow 49ers out of the water. 49ers will be missing a lot of pieces on that offense. Mozart's hurt, and also Debo Samuel's going to be out as well. And I think Russell Wilson's going to be motivated to have a big win after losing last week on Sunday Night Football. So I have the Seahawks winning 38-24. Yeah, I can see where Aiden has the blowout here, but I think this might be a close game. But I still have the Seahawks winning. The 49ers are missing a lot, but they've shown before that they can put people in and they can come out and play a decent game and a close game. But I think the Seahawks are just going to come out and play balls to the walls and they're just going to go out and win. Yeah, like Parker, <clears throat> I have the Seahawks 27-24 to 24 in this one. The Seahawks have played like pretty much all close games this year, so I don't think it's going to be a blowout quite, but... Like uh, they said, the 49ers are missing some guys. I think they're on like their four-string running back at this point. And Russell Wilson's frustrated after a tough loss last week, so he comes out Fifth big. Fifth-string running back. Fifth-string running back. Yeah. Heedy. Hasky. Yeah, something Hasky. like that. It's Hasky, I think. He well, went to Baylor. Yeah, if, you, if you're a 49ers running back, you will have success, though. They've shown that in the past. But I don't know. I just like the Seahawks 27-24, but this is a good division rivalry. And then the Sunday night game, we have snooze fest between the Eagles and Cowboys. I have the Eagles winning 18-9. I don't really see that Cowboys team scoring. 
that much. But I also don't see the Eagles really often scoring that much either, even though the Cowboys' defense is that just that bad. But yeah, yeah, this is a pathetic game for Sunday Night Football. I'm I'm assuming they thought it was going to be a good game, but the way the season's turned out. But I have the Eagles big 38-14. The Cowboys have just looked terrible, just terrible the last couple of weeks. I think they've been outscored by 50 points the last two weeks. Yeah. So I think they lose by 24 to the Eagles. I have just nothing else to say. This is a pathetic game. You know, I thought about flipping a coin for this one, but then I was just like, you know, last time I flipped a coin, it didn't turn out very well for me. Yeah, this one doesn't need to flip a coin. We all know this one. Yeah, uh, I think the Eagles are going to win because the Cowboys, their quarter, they're on their third-string quarterback probably. I don't believe yeah. Dalton's going to play. No, he's out. That hip is brutal. That was just bad. But anyways, <laughs> I, I just had the Eagles winning 10-7 to 7 because both these teams aren't very good. But the Eagles, I think, are better. So if the Eagles do win, it'll either be close or a blowout. It's gonna not, just not going to be in between. Wait, I have a quick question. Aiden, what do you think the top uh, team in this division's record is going to be? Six wins? Seven? I think at this rate it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the teams who has a tie, so five and eleven. Yeah, they are lucky that they do get to play each other this season. So they get some automatic wins for that division in those games, but other than that I wonder just, what the over under on that is right now. I bet you it's like six. Like I over under six. Could very easily be the Washington football team, honestly. That'd be something. That'd be something. <laughs> But right now it's looking like it's going to be the Eagles. I think they're at three wins right now. Uh, two. two, four, and one, I oh, believe. Yeah, they right. had a tie. So. Yeah, my prediction is going to be five wins for the winner of this division. <laughs> then, well, I guess we'll move on to the Monday night game. The Buccaneers going against the Giants. Buccaneers are definitely going to win this. I think they might fall a little bit flat-footed at the start, but they'll pick it up in the second half and still deke out a victory. Not, like, too close, but not, like, a blowout. So I have the Buccaneers winning 27-10. Uh, I have the Bucs winning this one, too. I think this is just about a guaranteed win, but every time I think that uh, they'll come out flat or they're overlooking this game to the next one. So, but anyways, I think the Bucs are going to win this one. They just got – their defense is too good for this Giants offense. This Giants offense just isn't the greatest. So I have the Bucs winning 28-7. to yeah, I'm Bucks big in this one, 34 to 15. Uh, the Giants aren't playing well, and the Bucks are playing really well, so that doesn't fare well for the Giants at all. So I think the Bucks kind of r- run over the Giants pretty easily here. Just not much to say. Tom Brady's gonna have a big game, and Daniel Jones is probably gonna throw two or three interceptions. Yeah, pretty soon the Giants are gonna have to make a call about Daniel Jones. I know people are talking more about the Jets. Yeah, that's and true. the Redskins more about taking QB, but you got to look at the Giants here. Daniel Jones has struggled a lot this second year too, as well, and they might have to make a decision as well. Yeah, if they got the first pick, I would have trouble seeing them not take Trevor Lawrence. Even if it's top five, I think you still have to really consider getting rid of Jones for Fields or Lance. Those two quarterbacks are really good. Yeah, some of these teams are going to have tough choices to make, like the Jets and Giants. This is going to be the end of our podcast for this week, uh, episode 16 of NFL Week 7 View and Week 8 Preview. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Make sure you check out our Instagram page and tell us what you like to hear, what you want us to talk about, and just hit the like button. 
Yeah, quickly before we go, I just wanted to thank you, uh, everybody that's uh, listened to us or saw our Instagram page. We just wanted to thank you guys for the support we've gotten so far. Uh, we appreciate it. And remember, your opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does.